Blog Talk Radio. This is Bobby Keys of WebRadio.com. And when I'm not on the air, I like to sit down and read a good magazine. The magazine I like is called 50 Plus, the second half magazine. It's a magazine all about the baby boomers. 50 Plus, the second half magazine features the legends of classic soul like Delphonics, Jerry Butler, the Stylistics, the Manhattans, just to name a few. Read their stories and hear it straight from them. 50 Plus, the second half magazine also covers health care as well as the lives of everyday people. 50 Plus, the second half magazine is there to share information with you. So order your copy today. Go to the website at www.50plusthesecondhalfmagazine.com and check them out on Facebook at PAB Magazine. 50 Plus, the second half magazine. It's all about the baby boomer.
Being a winner is sponsored by 50 Plus, the second half. It's our time online radio. Now, let's get ready for your host, Donald L. Dalridge, coming up next. Donald? Yeah. Uh, All right, ready for you. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Power of Being a Winner. And I am, yes, your esteemed host, as usual, always bringing you something, always bringing you power, always bringing you knowledge and education of what's going on. And quite naturally, let's keep it real, what is motivating, what is empowering, and what will take you to the next level of the power of being a winner. Again, I am your esteemed host, and it's always a pleasure to be here with you, and no doubt, you know who I got to thank. I got to thank God, G-O-D, because he's the real one, because without him, there will be no me. Without him, there will be no you. So we all got to stop and make that recognition to the real one who gives us the strength and the power to be here tonight. As usual, I always like to pay uh, respect to the one who has made this moment possible. And this moment possible, besides God, is 50 plus the second half. Without them, the sponsors, no way could we do this. 
right? So it is a pleasure and it is a blessing that I am able to bring this show to you each week, Wednesday at this time. So 50 plus the second half, I take my hat off to you. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Also, um, I must do a special recognition, an honorable mention tonight uh, because of the fact that I am in God's house. I am in a good friend of mine, Pastor Frank Peterman. Uh, he has he has been so gracious to allow me to broadcast live tonight here at the Rock of Jesus Missionary Baptist Church, uh, right here in the heart of St. Petersburg, Florida, South St. Petersburg, Florida, South St. Petersburg, and I'm emphasizing South because this is where um, the African American, the black, if you will, um, people here, uh, which I am proudly a part of, is located here in the southern portion of St. Petersburg. You might have heard of the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team. Well, they play. As a matter of fact, their stadium is not too far away from where we are currently located on 18th Avenue South here in St. Petersburg, Florida. But I wanted to uh, no doubt give special recognition to uh, the great pastor, uh, Frank W. Peterman, Jr., and just to give a little personal history, if I can, him and I, we go a long way back. Uh, we got at least uh, 30 years. Uh, his great mother, uh, who instilled some great knowledge in me back in the days, I want to take my hat off to her as I look at her beautiful picture there on the wall. Uh, so I just want to, you know, give a special honorable mention to the one and only Frank W. Peterman, Jr., who is the pastor of this awesome church. So hats off to good pastor. Also, uh, you know, I can't bring you a show uh, without bringing you um, a kind word. So, again, pastor has um, allowed me to use, wow, I, I, am, I am honored to use um, his book, his Bible, that he preaches from uh, the pulpit. Without further ado, allow me to say Ecclesiastics is where I'm going to bring you the words from, chapter 2, all right? I'm going to start at verse 1. I say in my heart, go to now. I will prove thee with, my, with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, and behold, this is also, this also is vanity. I say of laughter. It is mad and of mirth. What do is it? Last one. I thought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly till I might see what was that good for sons of man, which they should do under the heavens all the days of their life. And that was the reading from the Holy Bible, God's Word. 
Also, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very important show tonight, and I am asking, unlike any other time, that please dial in 347-539-5867. Again, that number is 347-539-5867. Your comments. Your questions and even your answers are very important for this show tonight. The name of this show is no other than Stop Abuse, Resilience to Abuse, The Comeback. But before I get into that, I would like to uh, bring to point that last week on the subject matter was uh, black men and heartbreak. Uh, there was a few callers that uh, called in, I'll just say afterwards, and they felt that um, I was making too much light of men and heartbreak. Well, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, I, I must make this clear, is that when I signed on to do this show, The Power of Being a Winner, one thing I wanted to make sure up front that whatever subject matter that would be talked about on this show uh, by me, Donald L. Dowrich Jr., that I wanted to speak of it in a fashion that would bring not just uh, knowledge to the subject, not just to empower, not just to motivate, but also to uh, have a lightened moment. I can't tell you how many times personally that, you know, I've been through heartburn as a black man in this country in relationships that didn't work. And no way can I say going through it that, you know, I found laughter, I found joy, I found happiness, and, you know, I was the first one out there at the party jamming hard and, you know, laughing and giggling. No, because a heartbreak hurts. But the, the moral of the fabric is, is that, you know, do you swim in hurt or do you look to be resilient? Do you look to move forward? Do you look to bring ha happiness back into the fold? Do you uh, be motivated enough that, okay, my heart was broken. I got to move forward. Or do you just continue to wallow, swim in, drown in the heartbreak? Because I'm be honest with you. You know, like I was told many years ago, and yeah, okay, I know we live in a watered down society, but let's keep it let's keep it real. I mean, pain is a teaching moment. I'll say it again. Pain is a teaching moment. What do I mean? If you understand and if you can get over and if you get the right type of help needed, assistance needed for that pain, it will turn into a teaching moment. It will turn into a moment of knowledge, and it will turn into a moment of gain, G-A-I-N. 
as opposed to wallowing in that pain so much so that it stymies your growth. It eliminates the growth factor in your life. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of people out there right now who are dealing with heartbreak, who have been through heartbreak, and yes, they're going to go through heartbreak. But the moral, of the, the moral of the story is, how long are you going to wallow in the heartbreak? And ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're talking on the subject tonight of abuse. Stop abuse. Resilience. Now, I can't sit up here because I don't have a book here. I don't have uh, facts. I don't have the ratios. I don't have the numbers. But I do know for a fact that there are a large number of us, Americans, who have been abused. And whether that abuse has been uh, heartbreak, whether that abuse has been verbal, whether that abuse has been physical, whether that abuse has been sexual, whether that abuse has been through tongue lashing, these are all factors of abuse that we, that's right, I said we, have been through. Myself, coming out of five foster homes and then on top of that, um, joining my dad at the age of 12, from the age of 12 to the age of 17, verbal abuse, physical abuse. And yes, I, I, there's no shame to my game, all right? Yes, I was sexually molested as well. Abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, been there. Alcohol abuse, been there. Drug abuse, been there. Attempting suicide, been there. So, in talking about um, abuse, which is the big thing now because of the fact that, you know, movie stars have brought that out to the forefront. So now we're talking about abuse now. That's the, that's the topic now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me say this. I know, and you probably know, that's why I ask you, you know, if you would be so kind to uh, call in tonight, because I don't know everything. I don't profess to know everything. But I do know in the majority of black homes, and, and you know, I've been, I've been here on earth since 1956, and I know coming through the 60s and the 70s, it was always said, you better not tell. If you tell, you will pay the price. Taboo, taboo. So nine times out of ten, all right, a baby, a child, a young girl, and, yes, young boys, nine times out of ten who are being sexually molested are not by outsiders to the family. Nine times out of ten, this is done within and by a family member. Physical abuse, 
Nine times out of ten, it's not by someone outside of the family. It's someone inside the family. Domestic abuse. And allow me to say this, you know, abuse comes on both behalf, the man and the woman. Domestic. So, you know, we like to look at it as, you know, well, uh, the male figure physically abused the female figure. And nine times out of ten, yes, that is true. But there are instances where the table is turned where the woman, the female, if you will, is the dominant figure in the relationship, and she is the one who is doing the physical abuse of her husband. The effects of abuse. Well, going from personal venture, if I could use that word, it tampers, first of all, with the mind. Physical abuse, yes, it tampers with the body. I can't imagine for the likes of me A grown man taking out his anger on a child. Child is disciplined, and sometimes it calls for discipline. But what takes me aback is when a grown man balls his fist up to a child and commits to tormenting that child. What effects do that have on that child? Well, let's look at it. And, and, you know, there's the other type of abuses, but let's look at the physical. Well, first of all, that child, whether a little boy, a little girl, they become timid, passive, frightened. What effects does that have on a child in school? Child is standoffish. Child becomes shy. And yes, sometimes child begins to act out. And nowadays, unlike yesterday, nowadays um, ADHD is a label that they have put on a child, which I think is totally wrong because when you put an ADHD on a child, then here comes the red list. Here comes the drugs that begins to affect that child's mental state that child's thinking apparatus, that child's durability. And then you figure if you begin to, to give a child, let's say, since I mentioned it, Ritalin, and you feed that child this drug, 
because you done labeled him ADHD because you can't figure out that this child was physically or mentally, more so physically or sexually abused in that home. Just think about the long-term effects of that child. Well, now this child, because of these drugs that they're being fed, instead of basically uh, getting the adequate help that that child needs, we figure we're tossing off with drugs. And the majority of the, the, the children that suffer in this capacity, to be honest with you, are black children. They suffer the worst pain behind this. Why? Because we want to keep it hush-hush. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 21st century. This is 2017. I recall having a conversation, you know, and, 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 and I got to thank God. I got to thank God. It got to be God. It must be God. It is God. Because all that I've been through in, in all those type of abuses, I can sit here and say that I've never went at another child. As an adult, I've never sexually abused anyone. As an adult, I've never took my anger out. Now, I will say this, that, you know, when it comes to my anger, well, besides my, my years of being in the South Bronx as a gangbanger, you know, I, I really can't account, uh, 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 account that as part of, you know, my abuse. And if I do, it's only because of the fact that, like most young men and women, teenagers who are looking for love and they don't find it in the right places, you know that song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, yeah, I will admit I looked for love and I found it on the streets of the South Bronx. I looked for love and I found it, you know, smoking dope, getting high. I found it, you know, drinking, drinking alcohol and abusing alcohol. I found, I found that love. But, again, nine times out of ten, and in all instances, anyone, anyone who is seeking Lost you there, Donald. Hello. I lost you there for a minute. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. How's it going so far? You're on the air. So. As I was stating before, we got temporarily disconnected, and I do apologize for that. Uh, I am not in my normal location at this time, so I am subject to lose, and hopefully I won't lose um, anyone again. But as we're talking, we're talking on the subject of uh, abuse and the effects, but also not just the effects, ladies and gentlemen. It's the resilience. It's seeking the proper help. It's, instead of holding it inside, it's 
again, seeking the proper help, it's um, finding someone that you can rely on and rely in to explain the trauma that you have been through. And I can say this, you know, about myself. I would not be um, the person that, I, that I've grown to be on Positive Avenue. I would not be the person uh, such as Motivational Google and all the wonderful things that God has allowed me to do uh, since overcoming. If not, A, I did not discuss with, talk about, B, if I did not seek the proper help, C, if I did not learn to forgive, and D, if I didn't keep God in my heart. I know for a fact that, no, I would not be the person that I've grown to be. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we can, you know, we, we can current, we can blame it on the current administration, government, uh, we can blame it on lack of. We can blame it. We know we can find everything to blame. Why? But I will say this. Unfortunately, nine times out of ten, abuse is administered by a person who have been abused in their lifetime. Why? because they have not seeked out the necessary help, assistance, to help them to overcome. I know for a fact that there have been times that, you know, I have, and I'm just going to go on record. You can call it what it is, ladies and gentlemen. I have abused myself. I had been abused so much that I had began to turn around and begin to abuse myself physically, mentally, verbally. Disgracing myself, um, wanting to, to, to demolish myself, um, drinking myself under the table, if you will, um, you know, and having the attitude that I just don't care. And it got to the point, so much to the point that, it, that it's almost like I got to the edge. And there are a lot of people who have been abused to that point, afraid to seek out the necessary help that will help them, that will assist them, that will empower them to emerge as an overcomer. But unfortunately, they lack to seek the necessary help. We can look at all the individuals who we pass on a daily who are, you know, who have taken up sleeping, if you will, on our nation's street. We can look at the many individuals who are incarcerated for one crime or another, whether that crime be uh, pedophilia, whether that crime be murder, whether that crime be robbery, 
And something tells me, you know, if, if you set them in front of a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist was able to get inside of their thinking, they will uncover abuse somewhere in that individual. On a daily, right now, I'm doing this show right now. It is now, uh, let me see here, it is now 7.37 p.m. 7.37 p.m. on a Wednesday evening. And it hurts me, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm, I'm getting ready to say what I'm getting ready to say, but it's reality. Somewhere in this country, now, you know, we can look at Africa, we can look at India, but I'm talking about America. Somewhere in America, right now, this second, some child is being abused. Some child is being tampered with. Some child's hopes and dreams and desire of life is being demolished. Because of some type of abuse, whether that abuse is physical, mental, sexual, or what have you, and they, and you know, I'm saying, if you are laying down, I'm going there. If you are laying down and you are having wonderful uh, relationship with your better half, and nine months later. You birthed this beautiful, wonderful-looking child, baby. And this baby could just be God's blessing to this world, not just America, to this world. This baby could be that one, that chosen one, with the cure to some of our worst diseases. But what happens? That child is picked apart. That child's mental is picked apart. That child's physical is picked apart. That child's sexual organs are picked apart. And to have some grown man or woman to do this to a child, to annihilate this child, and then to top it off with, if you tell, I'll kill you. If you don't do this, I will hurt you. If you don't do this, I will tell on you. These are the five shows that destroys a child. And, you know, it's amazing. Here we are now because of what is happening in Hollywood. Now you have others who are coming forth and saying, I was abused. Well, you know, because one is abused, that does not give one the excuse to go out and bring that harm upon another, to destroy another life. Because I was abused, I do not have the right to turn around and abuse my children in such fashion, to destroy my children's hopes and dreams and desires for their future. 
But unfortunately, because of the lack of education, this is an ongoing trifling cycle that we must face. And we must get past our fears. We must get past our shortcomings. We must get past those doors that attempt to stop us from overcoming the pain. My pastor told me, he said, look, this was back in the days. He said, "Uh, son, I am so thankful that you are talking about this. But I want you to know the devil is busy. He will take your weakness and he will attempt to use it against you. That's why you must continue to stay praised up. Because if you don't, you will find yourself repeating those same painstaking agonies, and it's going to destroy you. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are tuned in tonight, and if you are an unfortunate victim of abuse, again, whether that abuse is physical, mental, sexual, verbal, and if you are, because of these abuses, you find yourself weak, you find yourself abusing alcohol, you find yourself abusing drugs, you find yourself abusing uh, cigarettes, or you find yourself verbally uh, uh, abusing someone else. And even if you find yourself wanting to commit suicide, I beg of you, I beg of you to get the necessary assistance and the necessary help that you need to overcome and to continue to live your life. But not just continue to live your life, but to live your life on a higher level, if I could use that term. Because we have so many of us that are drowning, that are falling short of their excelling, of their motivation of their inspiring, of their ability to teach a new generation that's coming through. And I will say this, that having the blessing to work with many thousands upon thousands of our young people, students, our youth, our our, our small children, and just to sit at their footstool, just to sit at their feet to listen to them and what they are disseminating and to hear the horror stories that they are bringing out to the forefront, how they are physically abused, how they are verbally Abused. I can't tell you how many kids, children, 
in the 30 years that I've been on the forefront have opened up to me about their abuses, about their pain and their agony. And and their abuses, please, what their abuses is not always uh, in the area of them being abused, but their abuses of seeing their mom abused. Their abuses of seeing their little brother abused. Their abuses of seeing their their of not having their their father present. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, a broken home, a shattered home, without the two parent home, two parents present, father and mother. A lot of us don't look at that as being an abusive situation, but it is. Why? Well, because those those children that are born, and I'm gonna say it out of wedlock, if you. They're not getting the necessary nutrition that they need to grow to be uh, uh, affirmative, positive, strong living, example setting adults. One may argue the fact and say, well, wait a minute. You know, they're getting the necessary nutrition. They're eating three meals a day, but it's not about the, the, the meals, the three meals that they're eating a day. You think about when a child comes and asks that question, where's my daddy? Why I can't see my daddy? You don't think that's abuse? When that child begins to act out in school, when that child begins to, uh, when his attitude begins to decrease, or when that child begins to find love in all the wrong places, and when that child begins to um, turn his anger on that mother, and the mother says, yeah, 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 the mother says, let's get this out and open. The mother says, you know, if that child, I dare that child to say, I dare that child to say something out of, out of his mouth, I'll smack. Well, guess what? Mom, you're hurting too. Think about that. And when we ask the question, you know, I can't understand for the likes of me why my child is acting up like that. I didn't raise. Think about some things. Think about where um, you might be going wrong. You might have done wrong. You know, I was listening to something I was listening to uh, where they were saying that, you know, when, you, when you're uh, uh, grooming, educating, loving, nourishing your children about drugs and alcohol, be open with them. Talk about some things that you did when you were their age. Because you must let our children, see, our children nowadays, you know, they are, are totally, totally on a different atmosphere than what, what we were when we came through baby boomers. We can't say, well, uh, I've never done those things. Uh, I was a goody two-shoe. I, you know, I was very obedient coming up. 
Um, my parents never had any issues out of me. And, and don't get me wrong, they are, yes, there are a certain segment of, of children that came through, coming through, that are angels. I take my hat off to you. But there are a large sector of us baby boomers who have experienced the world. And I will say straight up is that when I was, uh, when my son was coming through, I opened up and I shared my life with him. The pains, the agony, the agony, the torment. I shared my failures. I shared my alcohol. I shared my, my, my drug use. I shared those with my son because I wanted him to see. I even shared my years in the foster home with my, all the abuse that I've been through. I shared it with him. I felt awkward, but he knows my life. He knows how I tick. He also knows what I stand for. And he also knows more importantly than what I stand for, not what I've done, but what I'm doing to help others through the pain. And he also knows that there is no shame to my game to say, son, I love you. Son, I'm proud of you. And when I speak to the thousands of children you, young adults, I'm not ashamed to come out of my faith and out of my heart to let them know that I love them. So letting them know that I love them, I want to show them uh, that there is opportunity. There is growth. There are doors of wisdom to let them know that not only do I love them, but God loves them even more. the resilience of abuse in the time that I have remained. Seek necessary help. I, I, I will admit that um, at first I thought it was ludicrous to want to see a psychiatrist. But I will admit that Yes, I've seen psychiatrists. Yes, I've seen those days where I laid on those couches, opening my my life. At first, no, I didn't want to. I thought it was a waste of my time. But I will say that um, laying on that couch opened up some doors and it answered some questions. It answered some questions that I had deep in my mind about myself, my abilities, why I'm here, why was I born, why do I do everything uh, backwards, why am I always in trouble, why am I worthless, why was that done to me? And believe it or not, you have grown men and women who have been abused, and yes, they are 60, 61, 70 years old, 40 years old, 30 years old, still asking that question, 
why was this done to me? I did not deserve this. And ladies and gentlemen, I did not deserve what happened to me. But I will say this. Through the power of God and through the power of all the people who were put in my life to assist me, to help me, to groom me, to empower me, to motivate me, to, uh, to coerce me, if you will, to forward me in the best possible manner possible to help groom me so that I could be the person that I have grown to be today, I am thankful. Now, do that mean that, you know, I'm 100% cure of my pain? Do that mean that I do not get visits from my past? No, it don't. But I will say this. The help that has been given to me over the years, when that visit do come, I know how to stand tall. When that visit do come and when that visit do shake me to my cure, to my core, I'm thankful that I can shout out the name of God and the name of Jesus to give me the strength. I'm thankful that I can pick up the phone and I can seek the help that I necessarily need to help me to continue to be that person that I am. Because, ladies and gentlemen, whatever type of abuse that you've been through, whatever type of abuse that you're carrying, let me tell you something. That's a lot of weight to carry. I've had people who are millionaires to come to me and write me letters and ask the question of, you know, how did I overcome? What did I do? And I'm sure someone that's listening tonight, you probably have had someone to come to you with that same question. How do I overcome? How did you overcome? Why are you so strong with the things that you have been through? Well, as my time winds down tonight, I will say first and foremost, I hope that I've given someone some knowledge tonight on this subject of abuse. I hope that I've got someone who uh, I've given, given someone who has been abused, whether a child or adult, baby boomer. I hope I've opened up Pandora's box. And opening up Pandora's box, I hope I've given you the strength that you may need to shake off the pain that you carry with you daily. And I hope that in the midst of giving you tidbits of information that you will seek the necessary help that you need. And I hope that you will share within your family to your children, to your grandchildren. And if you're old enough to have great-grandchildren, I pray that you will Protect them from the harm of a family abuser. 
I hope you will protect them from the abusers that are walking out on the streets these days. Halloween is coming. I hope that you will protect your children before you send them out. I hope that you will put a put a um, guard protection around them, a suit of armor on them, and as well yourself. And as I get ready to end, I will say this, that if you are seeking someone who has been through that pain, and And if not, go to your nearest directory and you seek help to help you be an overcomer. As my time winds down again, um, you can uh, purchase The Power of Being a Winner, the number one book from myself. You can also, I should say, you can purchase this book on Amazon and the DVD that goes along with it. You can purchase it for myself. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of The Power of Being a Winner, and I am always thankful for being your host. Until next week, God bless.